Now let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Our scripture readings for today come from the New Revised Standard Version Bible, and we begin our readings with 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli, and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time. And he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Our next reading for today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 17 through 22. From that time on, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Our final reading for today comes from Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets and the holy scriptures, the gospel concerning his son, who has descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for the sake of his name, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ, to all God's beloved in Rome who are called to be saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In today's message, we look at what the Bible says about being called. 
For this, I put together a few different examples from Scripture about being cold. Part of what we discover is that there is not always a specific pattern to how people are cold. What we see is a variety of ways people are cold. When this particular question came across my desk, I decided to look at a few different examples to show this variation. The first one that we get here is Samuel. Samuel goes to be trained early on in life, and it's when he is a boy training under Eli that he is cold. And we hear that Samuel heard a voice while laying down, and he thinks that it's Eli. So he keeps going to Eli thinking that that's who's calling him. Eventually, Eli figures out that God is calling Samuel. So Eli instructs him on what to do. In this instance, we get the more dramatic of the callings. And we see this in other ways that people are called. But it's one of the examples we have of being directly spoken to. This is one of the most direct ways that someone can be called, directly hearing the voice of God in your ear. However, it isn't the only way that people are called. Matthew gives us another example of being called. One might at first align this with Samuel's calling because they are directly called by Christ. But when Peter and Andrew are fishing. They don't know who Jesus is. He doesn't walk up to them and say, I am the Son of God, follow me. Instead, the call is, follow me and I will make you fishers of people. Their call is to a way of life. That they are going to share in Christ's message and they are going to reach out to people and change lives. The same thing happens with James and John. And for them, the calling to do God's work is simply somebody else reaching out to them. Now, of course, this falls under a very different category for some people because that's a direct calling from Jesus. And one might say that it would be more compelling than just somebody calling you off the street. But at the core, it's still a calling from another person reaching out and inviting. We can put our last reading into this mix as we fully contemplate all of this, we turn to Paul. Now, Paul isn't calling anyone here. I include this because of the way Paul references everyone, because this is Paul's introduction to his letter to the Romans. Paul starts off by asserting that he has been called to be an apostle, certifying his own calling to the people he's writing to. Paul then goes on to say that he's writing this letter to those called to belong to Jesus Christ, to all God's beloved in Rome who are called to be saints, meaning that not only has Paul stated his calling as an apostle, but that each person in the church in Rome has been called, which opens up a bigger door for all of this that we quickly see there are different types of callings, and they happen to people in different ways, and they come to people through different methods and feelings. People have different stories of their call, often unique to their lives. Because of that, I don't know that I could put together 
a uniform list of what happens when you're called because each person is called in a way that speaks to them personally. One of the questions that brought me to this message was about what the signs are that someone is called. And because of that, I wanted to find if there was something more guiding, but what I discovered is that calls vary greatly. Dreams and visions, voices, or simply hearing another's words. But what did come across is that all of us are called. I think I can explain this easier by giving an example. When I was in high school, my lab partner and I flubbed an experiment in chemistry. We were supposed to be dissolving magnesium, I believe into hydrochloric acid. I think we got something on the magnesium because when we put it in at first, it didn't react. We put a little more into the beaker, and it didn't react. Then we failed to communicate what we are about to do. I leaned in closer to get a better look to see if maybe it was starting to react, and we missed it. My lab partner thought maybe we should just add more and see if we get a reaction. What happened is that I leaned in just as he added more, and toxic fumes shot into my nose, and I lost most of my sense of smell that day. I've been known to be able to walk into places that sell scented candles, and not be able to smell anything outside of a few scents. At one point, almost everything I owned had a strawberry scent because it was the strongest smell that I could pick up on. If it ever seems like I should have smelled something but didn't, or you ask me if I can smell something, I'll tell you I can't. Most likely, it's because I physically cannot. I'm a bad person to ask. Now, at this point, you might be wondering, where is this going? But it's important to know that my sense of smell has been damaged since I was a teenager. It's healed a little, but not much. The reason this comes into play is that when I think about my own calling, it comes in two forms. So remember this fact. My initial call to ministry was not anything that I would consider out of the ordinary. In fact, it was about as plain as you can get. One day, my pastor looked at me and said, Have you ever thought about going into the ministry? because I think you have a real gift. I told them I'd think about it. I wasn't sure. I didn't know if that was right for me. And so I prayed on it, and I thought about it. And there came a Sunday where we had all the flowers out. And I'm pretty sure it was around Easter. I couldn't smell any of them. Hadn't for years. But they were pretty. And they were all along 
the rail at the front. What I do remember, though, is going up to pray. And there I was, looking for an answer, trying to discern whether or not this was the right thing for me. And as I sat there praying, something came to me that hadn't happened to me for so long that it took me a little while to recognize what it was. As I was praying, looking for guidance, I could smell those flowers. I could smell the flowers. That may not seem very big to you, but it had been a long time since I had been able to smell them. And I could. I could smell them, and they were rich, and they were wonderful. And suddenly I knew this was the answer I'd been looking for. Something rich and wonderful had been placed before me. So I answered that call. Very soon after that, I was appointed to my first church, and eventually that led to me being here before you today. Now, I can't tell you that everyone's going to experience being called in the same way. Smelling flowers may not mean anything to you if you can smell them every day of your life. What I can tell you is that I think that that call is something unique for each person that speaks to them, that will reach them. And that I think each of us has been called and we're called in different ways and we're called to different things. And sometimes we're called more than once. I know that it was one thing for me to be called to follow Christ. It was another to join the church. It was another for me to be called to preach as part of my ministry. Each one of us is called to minister in our own way. Not all of us are called to be a leader within the church to preach every Sunday, but some of us are called to lead in our own ministries. Ministries of outreach, ministries of care, ministries of given, giving, ministries of teaching. Each of us reaching out to those in need in a different way, each of us with our own purpose, each of us with our own calling. I guess my biggest point here is that I don't think I could provide you with a list. I don't think that there's a list of specific signs. I'm not sure that we can have a test we can use for if someone has been called outside of looking at their actions. If we are wanting to see if someone is living out their calling to serve God, that is something we can do. Do they genuinely love God? Do they love their neighbor as themselves? Do they give good news to the oppressed? Do they welcome the stranger? Do they feed the hungry? Do they clothe the naked? Do they help those in need? Do they share Christ's love with others? So we can discern when someone is living out their calling. But I'm not sure we can make a list of how to recognize a calling. 
All I know is that God reaches each of us in a way that speaks to us personally. So know that in all likelihood, we are all called just in different ways. Sometimes called through means that are beyond ordinary. Sometimes called simply from someone else inviting us to take part. We can be someone else's calling. And sometimes it's just a feeling. Sometimes more, but that we cannot describe. Whatever way we are called, let us be called to serve. And let us do all the good that we can, wherever we can, in Christ's name, so that we may love and be loved, and that we may do the will of the Father under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, ever following the path of the Son. Amen.